Hey guys, WFA and the Kid here, and today I'm going to be sharing with you my Week 17 NFL predictions. You might be saying to yourself, if you're listening to this today, today's Wednesday, I thought prediction day was usually Thursday. You would be correct, but tomorrow all day, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium, and hopefully the Orange Get a nice victory over the Golden Gophers. Let's go, Syracuse. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be busy tomorrow, so I'm taping and posting my weekly predictions today, Wednesday. Last week in Week 16, my record was 10-6. and six. Pretty respectable, kind of average there. And you know, before I get into this current week, I always highlight a few games from the previous week and detail what happened in those. So the first one that I detailed from last week was the Vikings beating the Giants. Not necessarily that this had mind-blowing implications, but I just thought this was a very, very good game. Very close, closer than I expected. And I think it told us something about both teams. I think it told us that the Vikings love to play to the level of the other team, which we already knew. They love one-score games, they love barely beating you in dramatic last-second fashion, and they did that with a 61-yard field goal. And me, personally, I don't want my games to ride on that, but that's it was the opportunity they got, and they took advantage of it. Greg Joseph, uh, my compliments to you. And on the Giants' side, you look at this, and you went toe-to-toe with a very talented team. Daniel Jones had a good game, and I think this proves that they can be for real in a sense, that they can keep up with a good portion of the teams that they play against. We saw them do that with the Ravens, who they beat, the Packers, who they beat. Not so much with the Eagles, but this does. Uh, it's definitely a good omen for the Giants. And my prediction was correct on this, by the way. Another game I highlighted from last week was the Packers beating the Dolphins on Christmas Day. And my prediction was not correct for this one. The Packers got the victory with a stellar second half where they allowed no points, and they stay alive. They're 7-8 and eight now, just half a game behind the 7-7-1 seven, seven and one Commanders for that final spot. And the Dolphins, this hugely helps the Jets, Patriots, Steelers, all those teams chasing that final and only wild card left to get in the AFC. Dolphins lost four in a row now. And the last game from Week 16 that I picked here was the Cowboys beating the Eagles, America's Game of the Week, in the afternoon of Christmas Eve. My prediction for this one was correct. There was no Jalen Hurts in this game. If there was Jalen Hurts, it very well could have gone the other way, especially considering how close this was. Jalen Hurts is the type of QB that could turn a short defeat into a short victory. That's how he's played this season. MVP caliber, game in, game out. And Gardner Minshew, no offense to him, but he's not that guy. He's been on the bench this whole season. I do have to say he did pretty alright for the most part, but still fell just short. And the Cowboys wound up taking the win. It does technically keep the division open, but really, in all honesty, the Eagles... Just need one win to close out this division. They have the Giants in the final week, and this week they're going to be versing 
the Saints. So in all honesty, the Eagles should be taking the division and the number one seed. All right, without further ado, let's get into week 17. We kick it off tomorrow night, Thursday night football, with the Cowboys at the Titans. If you were going to ask me who's going to win this contest a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought it would be much closer than what I'm thinking right now. Right now, I'm thinking along with a lot of you, the Cowboys have this one in the back. They're double-digit favorites going into this game. The Titans, it's kind of gone to pieces for them. They're on this huge losing streak, and Malik Willis is now the quarterback. Because Ryan Tannehill's injured. Could come back week 18, which is likely going to be the division-deciding game between them and the Jaguars. It is. We, we know it is. The winner of that game is, in all likelihood, taking home this division. Malik Willis... I can't really compliment you. I mean, two of the games that he started was against the Houston Texans, which is the perfect team to play. They're the worst team in the league. Let's take a look at his stats in these two games. 154 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions in his two starts. So zero touchdowns, hasn't found the end zone once in a pass, three picks to one of the lowest rated defenses, and only 154 passing yards. That's just about 75 a game. So if he's doing that against the Texans, the Cowboys defense, yes, has fallen off a little bit, but they have a good defense. They have good players, especially Micah Parsons. And if he's doing this against the Texans, I can't see him doing much better against the Cowboys defense. Derrick Henry is kind of the only hope in the Titans for the Titans in this contest. But he proved that he alone is not enough to carry this Titans team to victory. So I just have to go with Dallas in this one. Then we move into Sunday, 1 o'clock games. That This will actually be New Year's Day. So first games of 2023. The Cardinals at the Falcons is the first one here. I'm taking the upset. I'm going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. And I'll tell you why. They kept it oh so close against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the night of Christmas, you all think that Tom Brady is going to have this easy win, make it boring. You thought it was going to be another one of the games that we saw right before that with the Broncos and the Rams. But no. Trace McSorley, absolutely love watching him. Big Penn State fan. He did all right. He's the third string quarterback and he did all right. He kept this a close game. He got the Cardinals on the board early, putting them in field goal range. And he's doing this with severely depleted roster. Not too many of the Cardinals are available here, and he's found a way to keep it close. The Buccaneers, though, have come back earlier in the season. We saw it against the Saints. We've seen it other times. It was the story the Bucs would win in OT, but I liked what I saw from the Cardinals. I did. On the other side, the Falcons, after that loss to the Ravens, they are eliminated from playoff contention. Desmond Ritter had an okay game, finally got north of 200 passing yards, well, only a second start, but did get north of 200, and did not turn the ball over, which is a good thing. The really key thing here is just to develop Desmond Ritter in these last two games. He is the future quarterback. I don't see Marcus Mariota being anything huge for this team in the future, so 
just play Ritter, see what he's all about, get him as many snaps as possible is the key for the Falcons. This game doesn't mean much, but I'm still picking the Cardinals to win it. Then the Dolphins at the Patriots. This is a game that means a lot. This is a huge game for the AFC playoff picture. The Dolphins currently hold the seventh seed. They're eight and seven. The Patriots, seven and eight. There is a way that the Dolphins could clinch that uh, seventh seed, lock it in this weekend. It would take a lot, though. It would take a Steelers loss, a Titans loss, um, and a Jets loss, along with them beating the Patriots to clinch that. So that's a lot of what ifs this weekend. And it's especially a what if when there is no Tua Tungavailoa. He is in concussion protocol again and will be out against the Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater gets the call. He will be the starting QB. We haven't seen a whole lot of him this year. He came in against the Bengals, couldn't really get anything going, and that went from being a close game to a blowout. We saw him against the Minnesota Vikings, I believe it was, where he did all right. He actually kept them relatively in that, did a nice comeback effort at the end. But it's been a very small sample size. And he's going up against one of these best defenses with Matthew Judon, who was up there for the lead in sacks in the NFL. And that's why I have to take the Patriots to win this game, especially with the Dolphins on their four straight losing streaks. Sorry, their losing streak of four straight games, I should say. I will say the Patriots have not made it easy on themselves these last few weeks. With silly losses, there was the uh, lateral from Jacoby Myers that lost them the game in the in the last play of regulation. And then last week, there was the Ramondre Stevenson fumble when they were five yards away from a game-winning touchdown. So those plays kind of cost them big time with these wins that could turn out to be huge down the stretch here. Still going to take the Patriots to win at home. After that, we see the Saints at the Eagles. I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win this one. The Saints are just one game back of the Bucks, but they would need a lot to happen, a lot to go their way to win this division. It starts out with beating the Eagles to keep their hopes alive, and then they would have to beat the Carolina Panthers, who are very well could be also fighting for that spot if they get a result. So it's not going to be easy for New Orleans, but there is still a chance here. Minshew for the Eagles, like I said, was good. He was pretty all right in his debut as starter this season, and he will start again with Jalen Hurts uh, still out. One win is all the Philadelphia Eagles need to lock in the number one seed, and I think they're going to do it this Sunday. So give me the Eagles. Next up is the Colts at the Giants. Give me the Giants in this one. The Giants could clinch their first playoff berth since 2016 with the victory. Daniel Jones is kind of the key takeaway from that game against Minnesota. He he showed really, really uh, uh, good ability in that game against Minnesota. He made tough passes. He converted on third downs. And you have to keep in mind how impressive this is with the limited receiving core that the Giants possess. They have Slayton. They have that... Uh, Rookie tight end, I think his name is Ballinger. But other than that, it's kind of 
the Saquon show on paper at least, but Daniel Jones has found a way. All season, Daniel Jones has found a way. And I could only imagine what he could do uh, if the Giants go out in the offseason and get him more good receivers. Kind of looks like the sky's the limit. And the question going into this season was whether or not Daniel Jones is the guy. Because he's going into his fourth season now and hasn't shown that much success. But this season he's proven the haters wrong, in my opinion. And they're looking very likely to be in the postseason. The Colts, their opponent, aren't showing much fight. They've gone to Nick Foles now. And against the Chargers, it, it was a close game in the first half. But he threw three interceptions. It didn't really look like the Colts were trying to win this football game. They went for it on fourth down at an interesting time. I don't really know. They don't really have much to play for. And yeah, should be a relatively straightforward game for the Giants. Then there is probably the game of the week, in my opinion, when it comes to playoff implications. It's the Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the game, if you're a neutral, to watch. It is essentially for the division. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win, but I think it is going to be very, very close. Betters, I would stay away, because a lot of people have bet against Sam Darnold this year. He's 3-1 and one in his starts, and he has looked awfully good. He really has. 250 passing yards, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown in the blowout that the Panthers executed against Detroit. He's brought life into a team that's fired its head coach, traded away Christian McCaffrey, who is the face of their franchise, traded away Robbie Anderson, and Sam Darnold comes in and starts winning games. And all of a sudden, the Panthers here have a chance to win the division. It's just absolutely crazy. The Panthers, along with all the other teams in that division, were rooting for the Buccaneers to lose on Christmas, but it did not happen. The Buccaneers won, and that could turn out to be a huge win. Because now, all of a sudden, the Buccaneers can seal this thing off with a victory. That's right, with the victory, Tom Brady is going to the playoffs. It feels like we hear that every year. And honestly, it's getting quite old. I would love to see the Panthers go out here, upset Brady, send him packing, you know, and maybe... Who knows? Maybe he's going to retire. We don't know if this is the end of Brady. But unfortunately, if I had to pick a winner, which I do, it's going to be the Buccaneers. Brady's just too clutch. It's not what I want to happen, but it is what I believe will happen. Then another divisional matchup is the game after that on the slate. The Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, this game does mean something for them. They're fighting for seeding. They currently hold the number two seed, but depending on what happens at the end of this weekend, they could rise to number one or fall to number three. The other two teams, uh, the other two division leaders, I should say that they're in competition with, the Bengals and the Bills, both beat the Chiefs. So if they're tied on record with any of these teams... They're going to finish behind them. 
which is why they need wins at any point they could get. So this is a huge one against an easy opponent. Broncos just fired Nathaniel Hackett in his first season, and that's not too common, you know, to come into a team in your first season with not Super Bowl expectations, just moderate expectations of having a decent record. You have a great defense, you have Russell Wilson leading your team, and you go 4-11. and Does that deserving of being fired? Yeah, I could see why. I mean, the Broncos fans haven't had much to cheer about over the last five or six seasons, and somehow this seems like the worst of them all. Because they went and made a huge trade, they actually did things in the offseason only to be hugely and massively disappointed. And for the future of Nathaniel Hackett, I don't know if any team's going to want to take him after this epic collapse. They lost 51-14, to I believe the final was, on Christmas. I don't... The Broncos' one bright spot all year was their shining defense. How they always sort of kept them in games. But then you go and give up 51 points to Baker Mayfield and the Rams. That was kind of the nail in the coffin to do that on Christmas, I guess. So yeah, I think it should be a pretty nice big win for the Chiefs, this one. And the next game is actually yet another divisional matchup. The Bears at the Lions. I'm taking the Detroit Lions to win this game. Don't be fooled by that loss in Carolina. That was a bad performance. The defense did not show up, especially the rushing game could not be stopped early on. And then there was uh, runs after catches that just blown by for touchdowns. The defense was the issue in this game for the Lions. And it's not going to get that much easier, actually, because Justin Fields, he has the legs. But I think that the Lions' offense, which is so dangerous, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamal Williams, Jared Goff, just a lot of very young and talented weapons on that offense, should exploit that Bears' defense. And this is this is a game that the Lions need. They very much need it to get back to 500, to stay alive in the playoff picture, and maybe even could see them holding the 7th seed when this week is all said and done, if they get that win and some other results go their way. The Lions, I mean, it's been a nice surprise to see them turn this around after that terrible start and finally be playing good football. And it feels like they've come too far to let this slip away. So this is a huge game for them, huge implications. I say Lions get it done at home. The next game is another one that holds NFC playoff implications. It's the Browns at the Commanders. And I'm going with the upset here. I'm taking the Browns because of one thing in particular. The decision of Ron Rivera to bench Heineke. I just ask him why. Is it because you lost to the best defense in the league? Last week at the 49ers, I mean, I don't think Carson Wentz would have been much better in that game. Against the Giants, the other loss. I mean, that went right down to the wire at the end. It was a close game, kind of anybody's game. So I don't see how Carson Wentz is going to come in here and do better. 
because Heineke is literally the only reason that the Commanders have any chance. They started this season at 1-4. and 1-4. and four. Then Carson Wentz gets injured. Otherwise, they might still be benching Heineke out here, fighting for bottom-of-the-pool draft pick. So I, I don't... I think it's just terrible to disrespect Heineke after the job that he's done, fighting and keeping the commanders alive here. And they're still in a playoff spot. It's not like they've been taken out of a playoff spot even by these two losses. It's just a little bit head-scratching to see Carson Wentz in here, not playing since the 13th of October. Furthermore, Antonio Gibson is not practicing today. He's dealing with a sprain of some sort. And I, I think the Browns will win, despite being eliminated from the playoffs. They still want to go out there. They still want to play football, do well. The Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combo, we all know how good that duo is. And when they're playing their best football, they're unstoppable. So I think the Browns are going to go out there and surprise the commanders and show Ron Rivera why Heineke is not the issue. Then the final game at 1 o'clock is the Jaguars at the Texans. And it pains me to say this as a Jets fan after what they just did, but how about them Jaguars? How about them? They've won 4 out of 5. They've had a complete revival here. Trevor Lawrence is looking like he did back in his college days with Clemson. Uh, just playing lights out football. He's doing it with his teammate Etienne is also providing a spark at the running back role. And, you know, he's had some nice games, some nice bursts down there in the backfield. So they are into a playoff spot now. They're in the fourth seed. They would be hosting a playoff game if the season ended today, which is crazy to think about. Because they were down there near the Texans. They actually lost to the Texans the team that they will be playing this week, earlier in the year, and all of a sudden, they're in first place in the division. But yeah, like I was just getting at, the Texans won this first meeting earlier in the year, 13-6, to but a lot has changed since then. For both teams, actually, the Texans are doing better. All these last three games, they have been in it, they have played hard, and it finally paid off last week when they got the win over Tennessee which is why the Jaguars moved up to that first place. And the Jaguars, like I said, Thursday night football beat the Jets pretty handily, and in the rain, their defense didn't let the Jets do much at all. I'm taking the Jaguars to win this game, not because of their defense, but I think because of their offense. I think it's too much for the Texans to handle. Trevor Lawrence has Kirk, he has Agnew, he has Shepard, all 700-plus receiving yards, I believe, one of them, I think it's Kirk, is floating around a 1,000 receiving yards. So a lot of weapons to go to, and the Texans, while they're playing good and well, I don't think they could handle it. I don't. And that was uh, the last of the 1 o'clock games, so we're now going to move into the 4 o'clock and 425 games on Sunday. First one of that being the 49ers at the Las Vegas Raiders. I have to go with the 49ers in this one. The Raiders announced just a short while ago that Jarrett Stidham is going to be the starter just to get a sense of what they have in him, if he could be an option in the future. 
obviously with the Derek Carr situation, his future being uncertain in uh, Vegas. The 49ers do have st- uh, stuff still to play for. They're fighting for seeding. They have won seven in a row, and Brock Purdy has come in and kept this streak alive. He's played good. He's played well enough by all means. And with the playoffs around the corner, it brings up the question, Jimmy Garoppolo, what's up with him? Well, he did have his cast removed earlier this week, and he could return for the postseason, but should he? In my opinion, he should not. Brock Purdy has gone out here and done a very good job, kept the streak alive, played beautifully, with as talented as a defense as the 49ers have. Why mess with a good thing? This team is winning football games week after week after week. And as long as Brock Purdy's doing okay, you could always put Garoppolo as the backup. But I would say... Whether it's wildcard weekend, well, it's going to be a wildcard weekend. They're not getting the one seed, in my opinion. Wildcard weekend, I think you should be starting Brock Purdy. I think you should be. If he gets nervous, if he gets rattled, that's why you have Garoppolo, the vet there on the bench. But Garoppolo is not going to have played in about two months. Near two months of football he's going to have missed. So I think you roll with Brock Purdy, if it was up to me. The Raiders in this game don't have too much to play for. They're essentially eliminated. They would need so, so vastly much to go their way to make the playoffs. That's kind of unthinkable at this point. And yeah, 49ers should get this W. Next game up is the Jets at the Seahawks. I have picked my New York Jets to win. For the last two weeks. And. It's not panned out. Huge opportunity against the Lions. They blew it. Late on gave up a touchdown. Huge touchdown. Against the Jaguars primetime. Your only primetime game of the year. Blew it. Only put up three points. I am picking them to win again. And the whole. Basis behind this. Is because of. The one and only Mr. Mike White, who is finally returning. He has been cleared for contact after missing the last two games. That does not change the fact that this is a slipping football team. One seven and four, now seven and eight. Four straight losses. And on the flip side for the Seahawks, they've also had a slip. They're uh, three straight losses coming into this week. Both teams 7-8 and eight, still fighting for the playoff spot. Here's what needs to happen for both teams to get that done. The Jets need to win out. They need to win this week against Seattle. They need to win next week against the Miami Dolphins, who is very possible. We don't know Tua's status yet for that game. And they also are going to need the Patriots to lose one either this week to the Dolphins or the following week to Buffalo. The Seahawks are going to need to also win out plus a commander's loss. Or technically, if the commanders lose out and the Seahawks win one, that's fine too. Essentially, they need to do better than the commanders, but also not worse than the Lions and Packers who are close behind them. 
But I'm sticking with the Jets in this one, like I said, because of Mr. Mike White. Mike White in the three starts that he has been a part of. In my opinion, he did fine, if not very, very well, in all three. First one against Chicago, got the opening drive touchdown, stalled out a little bit after that, but came back, played a perfect second half, and got that blowout win. Next up against Minnesota Vikings, he threw a hell of a lot of passing attempts, but he got it done. He led an inspired comeback effort that fell short, honestly, because of the play calling. At the one-yard line, three plays to get a touchdown, and not one, not one, worked out. And that's not on Mike White. Even on the fourth-and-goal situation, he delivered a pretty on-point pass to Braxton Berrios. I mean, it can't be perfect every single time, but that was definitely in a catchable area. Then, against the Buffalo Bills, he was doing meh, not great, just okay, keeping them in it until he got jarred a couple times, which caused the rib injury. And Matt Milano did it again a second time. That was the second hit that really kind of irked his ribs and made him go to the locker room. Flacco fumbled, which was huge, a couple plays after that. And he did come back in that game because he is a warrior. There's no denying that. If it were up to him, he would have been playing these last two games. But yeah, he's a warrior. He kept us in that Buffalo game. Uh, And those two losses, yeah, were one possession. So he keeps you in games. He fights. He wants to be on that field. And you know he, more than anybody else, wants to go out there and play well for the Jets to keep our hopes alive. And I believe in him. After that, we look ahead to the 425 games. First one is the Vikings at the Packers. And I'm going with the upset here. For the second time this season, I am looking at the odds, the point spreads, and scratching my head. What did I have against the Vikings playing divisional opponents? There was a game where the Vikings were coming off that Jets win. They were 10-2, and I believe, at the Detroit Lions, and they had them as underdogs, the Vikings. The betters were right about that, these odds makers and whoever, but now... Underdogs by over a field goal at Green Bay. I'm not buying it. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. They love thriving in high-pressure situations. They love the one-possession games. They win those uh, week in, week out. And they want to hold this two-seed here. They're motivated to hold that two-seed, if not push for the one-seed. The two-seed is huge because it, it allows you two home playoff games as long as you win the first. That second one will be at U.S. Bank. The Packers did get a huge upset against the Dolphins. I get it. They're hot, too. They're thriving. They want to be in the playoffs as well. But I'm not betting against the Vikings. I'm not. The Packers' defense can't keep up with the fast Vikings' offense. Can't be done. We saw that in the first week, where they got decimated 23-7 to in the opening week back on 9-11. And I think it's going to be more of the same story. And sorry, Packers fans, but I think this is where the line ends for Aaron Rodgers. Then after that, it's the Battle of L.A. at 425. The Rams at the Chargers. Now, Baker Mayfield does make me a little hesitant to do this. But give me the Los Angeles Chargers. 
the Chargers beat the Colts. That's right. Monday Night Football. And that clinches Justin Herbert's first ever playoff appearance. It is going to be a lot of fun to watch Justin uh, be a part of the playoffs. You know I'm a huge fan of his. And I think he could lead this Chargers team to great things. I think he could maybe even get an upset in the wildcard round. And the other LA team, Super Bowl winners last year, going from that to down there with the bottom of the barrel teams. You know, very much down and out. Did have a nice performance on Christmas, though. 51 points put up by Baker Mayfield. And not that it means too much this season, but I mean, I think he could be a starter somewhere. I think Matthew Stafford should be the one to come back for the Rams next year. But hey, Baker is building a hell of a resume for himself. He's doing this with no Cooper Cup. Keep that in mind. And he's playing really, really good games. So I could I see the Rams winning this one? Yes. But I think the Chargers are juiced up. They're hyped. Everything like that. Justin Herbert, I think, will go out there and get the win. And yeah, I think it'll be a good game overall, though. After that, we go to the final game of Sunday, SNF, Steelers at Ravens, and I'm going with another upset here. Give me the Steelers. The Ravens did clinch a playoff spot after the defeat of the Atlanta Falcons last weekend, but Lamar Jackson is not at practice. His availability is still a question, and with Huntley in, I cannot see him beating good football teams. These two teams faced, I remember, a couple weeks ago, and the Ravens wound up winning it just by a couple of points. Really, that is because Kenny Pickett in Concussion Protocol had to leave that game. So, if Kenny Pickett had stayed in that game, in that second half, likely the Steelers would have taken that game. And I think that's what's going to happen this week with Kenny Pickett being available and on fire. The Steelers are now up to 7-8. and eight. Kenny Pickett has done a lot. He's swept the entire NFC South. He has gotten divisional wins. And he's just really looks like the future of this team. And probably the biggest win of his career was Christmas against the Raiders. I mean, or Christmas Eve, I should say. But true Christmas Eve, just a couple hours before Christmas. He led a comeback in frigid, frigid temperatures at home. And he gave the Steelers fans a Christmas present. Also, I want to take this time to remember John Franco, Penn State legend and Steeler legend. And I just very saddened by his loss. And the Steelers did the right thing and won that game for him. They sit at 7-8, and eight, also one game behind the Dolphins. And they kind of could sneak into a playoff spot here with the Ravens and Browns coming up. Those are winnable games for them. So who knows, uh, with the Dolphins struggling, they might be able to take advantage. And yeah, I think they get it done on the road here. Like I said, Pickett doing well, Najee Harris also, and Pickens and Fryermuth look like the two favorite targets of Pickett. And I think Lamar is the key here, and if he's not in, I don't see the Ravens getting this victory. 
Then finally we go and move on to Monday Night Football, the final game of the week, and this might be, if not certainly will be, the most entertaining Monday Night Football game of all. The Bills at the Bengals. This is just a star-studded matchup with two high-power offenses, and beyond that, it's a huge matchup for seeding. The Bengals right now sit with a record of 11-4, and while the Bills are 12-3. and And with a win in this game, the Bengals would shoot up from number 3, the third seed, all the way to number 1 if the Chiefs lose. If the Chiefs win, then they would... Uh, be tied with the Bills on record and move up to number two. And then if the Bills win this, they would kind of just further secure their number one seed aspirations and hold on to that. But it's really an interesting road here, more so for the Bengals, because they haven't clinched the division. So if they lose and the Ravens win, or really even if they just lose, even if the Ravens lose, it's going to be all up to that final game when it's Bengals versus Ravens. So if the Bengals collapse here, they could lose both of these games and fall all the way down to the number six seed. That is what's so crazy about December football. There could be such a jolt with just one or two games left on the schedule. And if you look at how these two teams have been doing as of lately, quite well. The Bengals, they're on a winning streak of seven. The Bills, they've won six in a row. So, somebody's streak is going to end. We will see who that is. Alright guys, I appreciate you so much for listening to my predictions here. Week 17, only one more of these uh, in the regular season. I will be doing NFL playoff predictions when those come around, so don't you worry. But yeah, it's been fun. Thank you guys for listening. I am WFAN the Kid.